we looked at about six different places to put those blueberries, and we ended up putting them just north of the barn. And at a time like this, boy, is that fun, because we're going out picking blueberries every morning. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Hi, and welcome to our podcast of June 10th, 2010. You're right, the blueberries have been just so surprising because we didn't really think we'd have any fruit to speak of this year. We'd been prepared for that. Uh, we have 12 little trees of four different varieties, and we've just um, been surprised. Now, some, some of the later bearing fruit, of course, has not And I was anything, looking but. at the lineup of what's growing where. Mm -hmm. The two plants that have not had any ripe berries are not Climax. They're Tiff Blue. Oh, okay. Which is interesting. I, I mm -hmm. would have thought that the Tiff Blue would be as early as most of the others. But no, the Brightwell seems to be doing. Yeah, the Brightwell's bearing really early. Well. And yeah. of course, the Premier is bearing yeah, early. Yeah, that's, that's looking good. Yeah. But um, the blueberries are just so sweet. I'm pleased with the quality. Oh, and I, I know am you too. are too. Yeah. So, and you're right about so the, yummy. the location. I'm glad we can just go out and pick some for breakfast every morning. And it of course, is I look, so handy. Oh, it's great. And I look forward to, over the years, those uh, bushes getting even taller and bigger and having even more blueberries on them. So um, I, I think it's a great, a great development in our lives. We have 12 blueberries in a line, and our plan is to supplement that with eight more. So we'll have one more at the west end and seven more on the east end so we should end up with a line of 20 um, and I guess our plan is to do that next winter right next winter when it's planting season we'll go back to George Brown and take who eight. lives in eclectic right. and um, has no, been, equality equality I'm sorry equality mm -hmm. and has been our mentor when it comes to blueberries and just a really nice guy mm -hmm. And he's the one who sold us the Brightwell, and that really, I was very pleased with that variety. We may get some more of those, too. So talk about what varieties you have in mind for next well, year. Well, for next year, Centurion, which is one that George had in his orchard the uh, last year when Adrian and I picked blueberries. And um, Is it a late bearing? I thought it was. Okay. We, of course, we went in July, and everything was bearing then, but... Um, you know, it just had a unique flavor, and I really liked him. So um, he didn't have any plants this year, but he said he planned to next year for sale. So we'll get a number of Centurion, maybe at least six more, six Centurion, and then some of the other. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Or may, maybe or maybe not. I'm not. Just so we get eight more blueberry bushes in next year. That's all I care about. And when we get them in, we'll be able to keep them watered with our drip tape. That is so exciting. I can't believe we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel on this project. I was high, 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 so excited today because uh, we have the hoses connected to the lines and we have the valves that are electrically controlled from the controller and they are responding to the controller now. 
So um, all that remains is to install the drip tape and our drip system will be more or less complete. We'll have some filling in to do and that sort of thing. But basically, um, you're right. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel, which is mm -hmm. great. Yeah. Um, it has been exhausting to work on that. I know both of us are just so ready for it to be finished. I know. Um, but... It'll be worthwhile because, uh, like tomorrow morning, I need really need to get up and water everything, and that's going to be a pain. Whereas with the drip tape, we just go turn it on. Yeah, turn it on. Say so, let her rip. Yeah, so it'll be nice. And when we finish that, there's always that chipper waiting out there. We have for other us. projects. That's right, and and grass to plant too. But <laughs> oh, that's true. We yeah. were planning to plant uh, some centipede mm -hmm. grass. Um. But that chipper is the one that we gave ourselves for our anniversary present, and we need to get it assembled and get it working. It's lovely. It is a nice John Deere green. Well, thank you. I'm glad you like the look we of it. We had a choice of colors, but uh, <laughs> I like the green. And we hemmed and hawed around, but when we found out green was John Deere green and it matched our John Deere tractor, that did the trick. That did it. We that's said, right. okay, that's the one we want. But we have so many piles of old wood around the property. I can't wait to start mulching that stuff. And I'd love to have fine mulch like that to use in the beds because the hay mulch that I've um, been using is not effective enough at keeping down weeds. It's by the t because of the way you have to, to get it high enough to suppress weeds, which would be, I would think, six to eight inches high. Half our little plants would just be buried. They just bury the plants. Yeah. So. And and you have confidence that the mulch we make from the forest debris will be different somehow. I suspect it will, but I can't. I don't know. I've never okay. used so a chipper we'll like figure that, that out yeah. once we see it. And of course, I'm looking forward to using the mulch that we produce for the composting toilet. And um, right now, I am purchasing cedar mulch. Um, at about $2 a bag, which is not breaking the bank, but I'd really like to get out of the habit of buying cedar mulch and bring it in here to deal with all of that. Right. It'll be good to have our own. So. I'd love to find a local source of sawdust, but uh, so far have not been able to find one. Right. Well, there was once, uh, Tallahassee once had a mill, East Tallahassee. So. That's right. But it's gone now. That, so. that mill is gone, so... Maybe we'll be able to find somebody, and if we do, then we'll um, certainly call on them for sawdust because that would be ideal. Yeah. We've we had some fun with the um, three-quarter-inch PVC pipe. <laughs> I don't know whether you – well, yeah, you do remember this. We started out with this idea I had that we could, use, we could fashion uh, PVC pipe into a teepee and then use it as cages for tomatoes and other things that Peppers. needed to be supported. Peppers need it badly. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I was sitting up here on the pole barn watching you work as the storm came in, and we had what was the highest wind we've recorded here so far, which is 21 miles an hour. And that wind knocked over one of those teepees. So we know, okay, that's not going to work. That little plan didn't work. But you came up with another plan for staking them using the PVC. Yeah, what we've done uh, that seems to be working well is take 
again, three-quarter inch PVC pipe. We were have this all this three-quarter inch PVC pipe. So we're going to, you know, the world, when you're a hammer, the world looks like a nail. When you have a supply of PVC pipe the way we do, we keep looking uh, for things you can do with it. So what we've done is cut off the end in a point and then sort of hammer it in next to the plant, uh, tie some twine around the PVC pipe, and then tie it loosely around the plant. Um, and that seems to be working well mm -hmm. so far. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we may have to do some others that way, and we will have um, probably some other climbing beans as well as I don't know how we'll do it for that, but we'll see. Or maybe have to yeah. use the fence, some more fencing for that. Yeah, and why don't you talk about what we did with that fence for the beans? That was pretty ingenious. Uh, and, you know, I think we came up with the idea together, but you're the one who actually did the heavy lifting on getting it to uh, fixed up, which is to anchor it with, what are those posts? Um, T-posts. T-posts. And then um, in between it, we s strung up some goat fence. And it was some goat fence that we weren't going to be able to use again because it's the one that was rat was uh, used to protect one of the pear trees on the orchard, but you ran over it with your tractor. Actually, it, uh, that or, was the one I chewed up oh, with the trencher. With the trencher. I, I couldn't remember which implement yeah. chewed it up. But at any rate, it didn't chew it up so to the point you couldn't use it um, stretched out, but it was no longer useful for that pear tree. So uh, we strung that up and then trained the beans that are already looking around for something to climb on, and there are a number of those. And those beans, they love that um, fencing. Yes, they've, we got them grabbed trained onto on it. it mm -hmm. Seem to have taken to it pretty well. They know what to do. So yeah. uh, anyway, beans, and we have some black-eyed peas that are climbers too. So um, if we have other places that we have climbing um, vegetables, then we can try the, that same plan again. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Your corn's coming in. Yes. Well, not not the actual pr produce, but the uh, plants are coming up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, we we grab our our triumphs I where know. we can get them. And I planted some more. There were some gaps in each row where no corn was. So I went in back with some seed, additional seed, and filled it in. And that's the same thing I did with the edamame. We had some edamame that had um, some nice-looking plants coming up, but a lot of gaps in between. And I took edamame seed and put in between, and those are filling in nicely, too. And we love edamame, so, so we're really hoping that works out well. Yeah, we are excited. Um, so, uh, but yeah, the corn, and I plan to plant a little bit more, and I know it's late. It will be a late harvest, but I have so many different varieties that I'm excited about. I've got some sweet corn already down. That's what's coming in. But then we have um, some dent corn. I, I planted some Tennessee red today and and the other day as a two sisters with um, Kentucky Wonder pole beans that will climb that corn. Okay. Provided the corn comes in the way mm -hmm. it's supposed to. And then um, I plan to plant two other varieties that are similar in that they are dent corn. Uh, the Kentucky red, I think there's one called painted corn, painted something, and then another one that's just a blue corn that um, I plan to use those primarily for grinding into cornmeal. And it should be colorful if it comes in. I can't wait. And uh, speaking it, of colorful. It'll be fun. Uh, my, I hilled and sprayed the blue potatoes the other day, and they seem to be doing well. Sprayed with? I sprayed it with um, 
a diluted fish, uh, liquid fish. Uh, Why? Because the people who sold me the potatoes told me to. They said that you use that to spray on the leaves when they and and it, they seem to be doing fine. So uh, they, I think several times a season you spray those leaves. And I must confess, I was in despair about those potatoes. I decided that it was all a big waste because it did take them a long time to come up. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're sort of coming into their own now. Yeah, It's going to be fun to I'm, see that. It, yeah, it will be fun. And it took my going down in my hands and knees and weeding because that ryegrass and other the other weeds had just choked out some of them. So I guess as a result of that, we have some potatoes that are really large and have lots of leaves and some that are very small. But that might be for the best because um, one suggestion that the potato farmers who sold us the potatoes made was that um, – if you can spread out your planting, it helps. Yeah, because do that way successive planting. Successive planting so that your potatoes aren't all in at the same time. And uh, so, in a sense, this had the effect. The weed growth may have had the effect. I mean, the jury's out. As to, but all I know is there are some really little ones and some really big ones. But I'm hoping that it will delay their production of potatoes so that it spreads the season out for okay. us. And it appears the all-blue potatoes are doing very well. And the Russian fingerlings. And some, I, some of those may even be the third variety I planted, which were um, red. They were red throughout the potato, not just the skin, but the, the inside, too. So, I, in a sense, we won't know until we dig them up exactly what we have. Okay. Well, I'm patient. I can't, Me, too. I'll just um, enjoy waiting and seeing what we end up with. Right. Just like we've enjoyed seeing the banana peppers come on. They're looking mm-hmm. good. And we've actually enjoyed some banana peppers. Uh, what else? The eggplant. Is yes, yes. Coming There's in. Some eggplant on the, and oh, bell peppers. Yeah, bell we're peppers. doing real well with the bell peppers. And tomatoes. We have some mm. tomatoes. Yeah, we got some still, green tomatoes. We don't have green. any that are ripe yet. Yeah. Um, um, and <laughs> our friend Deborah McCord was so sweet. She gave us squash and zucchini, and we have garden envy now. Uh, she got her garden in. I guess, on Good Friday or so. And it was much after that before we actually got our squash and zucchini planted. So she's a lot further along than we are, and we but sure were grateful. The squash looks, a lot of those squash plants look very healthy, and also our cantaloupe and watermelon the cantaloupe's plants. cantaloupe's just roaring. Oh, it is, and the watermelon. Yeah. So um, there are several crops I'm pleased about. I continue to struggle with insects. Um I spotted a new collards. kind today on the collard, collard leaves, on potato plant leaves, on eggplant leaves. Um, just, it's really um, painful to see those holes in the leaves. Yeah. And uh, um, okra leaves, although the okra overall is doing very well. But just, I've, I've found all kinds of different insects on the leaves, and uh, I... Don't know exactly what to do. That's right. What you're seeing may be the good guys. Right. Some of them may be. Yeah. So, but um, I don't need, I don't know how to recognize. I do know a few bad ones like cut worms. I'd recognize those. And when I see okay. them, I kill them. Okay. Um, but, you know, by and large, I'm, I need to get a, a better education when it comes to insects in the garden. We finally said goodbye to the romaine lettuce today. (laughs) 
it bolted. I think that would be safe to say. <laughs> yes. Um, and you discovered something really interesting about right. that. I had, uh, you know, you could recognize the bolting. It was this long, tall, thin plant, but it was not as long and tall. Oh, what was that? Four or five days ago, maybe four days ago, right. five days ago. This all happened very quickly. Yes, and I went out and clipped one off and took the leaves off, washed them, put them in the lettuce crisper, and they still tasted like romaine. They were good. But just in the space of these days, it bolted that much more. We've had some really hot weather, though. Mm -hmm. I think that's that has a lot to do with it. And those leaves no longer taste like romaine. They taste like leaves. Yeah, it tastes like you picked an oak leaf and mm -hmm. chewed it up. <laughs> yeah. It's just not very, pl I mean, it's not uh, terrible. It's just yeah. not sweet like a lettuce right. leaf would be. So we took the last three of those heads, if you can still call them heads, <laughs> that had bolted, and they ended up in the compost. Um, and I'll start with some new lettuce in the fall. But it but was a great experience. The mm -hmm. romaine did well, came on early, and mm -hmm. was delicious for what oh, yeah. several weeks anyway oh, yeah more than that a couple a month or two yeah and now we still have lettuces that i started from seed out there but we're going to go ahead and eat them before they have a chance That's to right. do funny things we don't want to mess around have some arugula some oak leaf lettuce um a little bit one plant of red riding hood lettuce and um a few bib lettuces uh, oh, oh and we have some mustard out there that hopefully we can cook some okay. of that tonight um so anyway, we plan to use that before it has a chance to go crazy like the romaine did. Was it a couple of mornings ago when you spotted a hummingbird on your salvia? That was so wonderful. That salvia plant that I bought at Petals from the Past that has a, um, the name is Gregi, I guess that's how you pronounce it, G-R-E-G-G-I-I, Gregi, uh, raspberry was the variety. And it, so it doesn't look like your ordinary red salvia, but it's a perennial and it was billed as attracting hummingbirds. But when I set it out, it still had a couple of really nice blooms on and it. And you hadn't gotten it in the ground no, yet. No, it wasn't even in the ground. And there was a hummingbird just hovering there, enjoying himself. That was so. exciting. So it's in the ground now and we hope it will attract many more hummingbirds over the years. Good. Well, we'll look forward to it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's um, we're nearing the end of our time, so we probably need to say goodbye. Let's see. What's on tap for next week? Surely by next week we will be able to tell you that we are now dripping all our veg hill crops and um, perhaps the blueberries as well. And who knows, maybe we will have used our chipper by then. We'll keep you posted, so have a good week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Or you can send us honest-to-goodness mail at P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. To browse our archive, to learn more about the farm and about Lee and Amanda, and to talk with other listeners, visit us at longleaffreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.